0: Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by Mandy Wong. She's one of the co-creators of the Millie and Lou show. She's also an illustrator, art director, painter. She does a huge amount of things, and in this conversation, we delve into all of it. So all returning listeners will know to make sure you check out the show notes. There's a link to Mandy's website, The Million Lou Show on YouTube. Mandy also mentioned some anime, so I've listed those in the description too. And also after our conversation, Mandy very kindly sent me a list of some of the equipment she uses. So there is a paragraph in there as well about some of the equipment she uses for many of her art pieces and those sorts of things. But this conversation is one which is suitable for all ages. And in this conversation, as well as all the things I've kind of spoken about, we speak about found family as well as illustrations in general, selling art online, as well as Mandy's experience moving from Hong Kong to England when she was younger, amidst many other things to do with illustration and paintings. Now there's not much else to say here so I'm going to let the conversation go on but I will say that the YouTube version of this will be released in the next day or so so that's the full video version so you can see Mandy and one of her very cool Million Lou cutouts and at some point she brings up some plushes that she made of some of the characters Million Lou so you get to see those as well so make sure you check that out a link to my YouTube channel is in the description um, but as always my friends thank you so much for tuning in I hugely appreciate it and I'll be back at the end of the conversation to give yourselves a bit of information on what's coming up and a few other bits and pieces so without further ado I present to you, Mandy Wong. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And here we are. I am here today. With an individual who has got so many names that like as in so many like titles and things that she's involved with, I'm just gonna list them out for you because it's Mandy Wong, but she she didn't want to list them all, so I'm gonna do it for her. So we've got show creator, art director, character designer, illustrator, a visual developer, and also you've got another one, which is, was it visual effects?
1: Visual effects, yeah.
0: There we go. So you've got so many things <laughs> under your belt. So thank you so much for coming on the show, and shout out to Ria Carrigan, who uh, introduced us, which was amazing. And so your show, uh, well, you're you involved in a lot of different things, uh, you know, mainly focal, focusing around illustration. So I wonder if you want to tell us about yourself, and about your YouTube show, and anything else you want to say as a kind of jumping off point. And then we'll go through the rest of the conversation. It's where I get stressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so,
1: yeah, so like it's so, um, yeah, Millie and Lou, which is these guys at the back. Um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, not many people have probably seen it, but it's the 15 episodes that you can watch on YouTube for free. Um, it's been created by me and my husband, Rory Cook, is my husband. Um he
0: didn't want to chat. You can do that by yourself. Thank you, Mandy
1: <laughs> yeah, It'd be really funny we were just slightly listen based on. But yeah, so yeah, that's the the show is out already. We finished production like in January. Um and yeah, and actually now we've just released an app for the mm. for the show as well, which is a carrying app. Um you get to in the show there's a big book, and then in the big book you can in the app, you can carry the pages and you can update the book yourself, which is what the characters do in the show. Um, they don't carry in; they don't just carry in. They sort of edit and update um, as they get to know more friends. So the whole show—I'm just talking everything so backwards at the moment. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the, show, the show is about celebrating um, the magic of making friends. So ultimately, these two characters go around and make friends with people that are very different to them in terms of like their culture, how they look, how they sound, how they behave. Um, so yeah the whole show is about kind of seeing um kind of what's like what you have in common with people that seem different to you it's kind of the whole the whole kind of core of the show um and 15, 15 episodes means we have 15 different characters um and they're all little monsters they're all cute they're all um this is one of them that i've made it's called wallace. wallace everyone's favorite. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of like what I've been focusing on for like um, it's something that we waited like four years to make, and then including a production has been a five years thing. Um, but making cartoon has been a dream of fifteen years. This sentence, I prepared so much. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, we've been trying to make shows since university, and at the beginning, um, it was actually me, um, Rory, and Matt. So Matt, Matt Stevens is our. Um, he was he he was at uni bus basically, and. Um, yeah, he was kind of like he was older. So Matt, Matt came back and did a degree when he was a little bit older. I say old now, maybe he felt old when I was young, but he's not <laughs> even that old now. I
0: realise.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, Matt was a bit older, so he just was like, let's let's make a cartoon. there's something we want to do. But I think kind of he was like the leader for it, you know. Um, but eventually, after after graduating, we we been we we tried to sell the show that we we created at uni, but. Yeah, it just didn't work for like ten years. We we tried for a long time, uh, and then eventually Matt went to America. Um, well, he found a job on the beach. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, so he went, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. So that kind of like, like yeah, it just kind of like gone quiet, really, uh, until um one day I think um Blue Zoo, which is Blue Zoo is the animation company who you know um helped us make Mini Lu. Um, they kind of been our kind of, you know, they've been. You Know a very nice company for us for a long time where basically you know Rory worked there for like 15 years and I worked there after like a year after graduating, so yeah, I worked at Bristol for a long time and it's kind of like how this whole thing kind of happened. Mm. Um, it's that one point they were just basically looking for IP, mm. um, so yeah, so we pitched me a new um to them and then um, yeah, yeah, and that kind of I feel like I'm just going on and on, like, I feel like you should. <laughs>
0: I was just waiting. I was waiting for you to finish a sentence, so every time you finish a sentence, you start a new one. So I was, like, I was like, I'll wait for her to just come to a stop when she's ready, and then I'll I'll jump on in. I don't want to interrupt. You were talking about like the starts of the show, but it's interesting hearing. You know, I've got obviously some notes and things because obviously I do research before speaking with any of my guests. Yeah. But it, I noted that you had this dream for fifteen years, and it really it's been like four to five years like behind the scenes, and and that's something that a lot of people I think don't appreciate. Like they see an animated show on YouTube and they go, oh, and they do it with podcasts and everything. And they go, oh, 10 minutes of animation oh that probably took you you know half an hour a couple hours and you're like are you serious do you have any idea (laughs) how long it takes especially animation you know with animation you've got less constraints than live action in certain ways but in other ways you've got way more you know you can't really just fumble your way through animation it's quite a specific art that someone has to do and so i think it's really i think in recent years animation has started to get a bit more uh sort of respect behind it because like you know in the 90s and things where you had kind of the, the where anime became more popular in Europe and in more of the western world you had shows like Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon things like that come over you already had cartoons like Simpsons and things like that which were already popular to a degree and you've got like Looney Tunes and Mickey Mouse going back but It was still this kind of weird thing where it wasn't having as much respect as it should have done. And then over the years, people are slowly starting to respect it more with things like Arcane on Netflix and Invincible on Amazon Prime and stuff like that. They're like, oh, and Rick and Morty and South Park kind of, even though obviously South Park was 90s anyway. But it's things where it's like, For ages, people are like, okay, well, animation either has to be for kids, it has to be anime, or it has to be funny. And there's nothing else you can do with it. And it's like, you can do everything you can do with live action, but in animation and more. And it's such a weird thing that so few people really recognize that. There's so many people I know who are like, I didn't watch that show. Why? It was animated. It's like that shouldn't affect your enjoyment. <laughs> what are you talking about? I watched loads of amazing animated shows. I
1: feel like, I feel like that was me when I was older. That I feel like people couldn't hate me if I said, when Pokemon came out, I think I was a teenager. So I was yep. a little bit like, that's clearly for kids. So I kind of stopped watching cartoon for a little bit just to like, I need to grow up now. Um, so, but yeah, now, yeah, definitely like stuff like Rick and Morty is definitely like stuff for adults. and I think everyone wants to get what we're doing. Stuff like that, I think.
0: Oh yeah. So but but like with you and your sort of your intrigue in animation. So where did that where did that come from? Because you were saying before we pressed recording uh, you lived in Hong Kong for a first portion of your life. So do you think that impacted things or just how how did you get into? Because you know, all of your life has basically been all the numerous titles that are on your website that I gave you with that at the start, they're all in interwoven with animation. So I'm just intrigued of how you kind of went into that world and where you decided to try and make a career out of it, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I think. Um, I mean, after we talked about so much anime stuff, um, obviously in Hong Kong we, we were mostly watching anime. We have a lot of Western stuff, but I think because it was in English, I kind of felt like I don't want to be going to school mm. after school because we had to learn English at school. Because um, you know, Hong Kong being a con- uh, used to be a colony of England, mm. um, so I just was like, I don't, wanna, I just want to watch stuff that I dubbed basically. So we had a lot of like cool stuff. I think when I was a kid, um, the, my favorite thing was like stuff by Sailor Moon. Mm. So Sailor Moon, Power Rangers, um, Doraemon. I love Doraemon, and Doraemons were still there were still comics coming out um, while it was also on TV. So just really cool. Um, and then I wrote down two names that I'm going to try and say because <laughs> sound really weird in in, uh, in in Chinese already. So they sound so. One of them is called Magical Circle Guru Guru. Mm. It's actually Punchy country you can watch. I feel like I'm just. Helping
0: these Do it, <laughs> My listeners these love it, shows, and I'll, I'll, right? <laughs> I'll put in the show notes as well, so people are gonna love listening to this.
1: It's really cool. Like, actually, I don't know whether like the TV version I saw didn't have the game stuff, but like I I found a new episode recently, and it had it had all this like game reference. So mm. I'm not really sure whether they cut the album when I watched it because I don't remember it. But if you watch it now, it's like kind of like a Zelda, but like it's kind of like a comedy version mm. of it. So it's really funny. So basically, the chosen the chosen one was like don't want to be the chosen one but he's part of the story so he's oh god, I have to do this so it's really funny (laughs) to have that um yeah so it's a really really funny thing and then one of my favorite characters he just constantly don't wear any pants so they constantly do like a like a few from the bottom I don't know why and then wind will come and you can see his bum I don't know why but that was like (laughs) so weird I guess it is so weird you know as a kid you're like What's that? About? Why, why did they do that? It doesn't make any sense. But it's and I always, um, yeah, I really like that character. And then the other one, which is funny, is called Goldfish Warning. I don't know if have heard it. Goldfish um, Warning, but, wow. Yeah, I think one of the goldfish goes to school with a girl. I feel like I might be mixing my memories in. But, um, but like, oh, so what's funny in that cartoon is that I think Cinnamon, you know, like they look really pretty all the time. And then moments of it, they're funny. But with this one, they do it to ridiculous amounts. So it's like when they're like simple, they're like super like simple and like they, they suddenly they're like chibi size of massive head. Mm. And then the head is the same size as body. But then in moments of it, they will have like sparkles. And then they like look really serious and beautiful. It's just like, I just, I guess I just like weird stuff. But now I look at this list, I'm seeing like a pattern here. Um, and yeah, so I think, yeah, that's kind of how I just, yeah, really, really loved that cartoon. I remember, like, I always come home and finish on homework, make sure I don't miss any of it, even though Salem is kind of almost very similar every week. But, you know, in um, Power Rangers, you know, I'm, I'm probably just going to get people going, no, it isn't. Um but yeah, and actually from Sailor Moon and Power Rangers, it, the format is quite it's kind of why kind of what inspired us to make new So the format of those are like monsters of the week. Hmm. Um so every week you have a problem and then the problem comes from a monster, then you see the monster, you know, you get that kind of format. Um so it's kind of what inspired us to make the new. And it's basically just an excuse to make lots of characters that are cute and you know cool as well. You know, imagine <laughs> yeah. like um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the reason. That's kind of the backbone of why why we
0: created the show. Because mm. um, with animation, it's so freeing as well. That's one of the things about anime. Like you know, my um, my girlfriend Megan, she doesn't really like anime very much. I'm hoping to change that eventually. What I'm hoping is in the in the far future when we have kids and things, I can get them into it, and then she's forced she to
1: work, get onto this list. <laughs> and then. I know,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've already started writing these down, so you know, I'm going to get us straight into goldfish warning. Uh, but she, the thing is, she doesn't like stuff that's too weird. And that's the thing. Like, there's movies we watch or TV series. If one weird thing happens, she's just turned off from it. There's movies no, watched, she'll love. What's
1: weird? What's weirder?
0: It's hard. It, it's quite... It's a weird... I'm trying to think, like, as an example. Because, for example, there's a, there's a Nickelodeon show called Fairly Odd Parents. She loved that. But she hated SpongeBob. And I thought oh, those two were married. Oh, I like, see. I love both of them.
1: That's quite weird. Yeah, I see. I see. But
0: it's... It's like a... Um, she has a threshold for strangeness. And if something goes too <laughs> off the wall and bizarre, she can't get back on the rails with it. If Once yeah. she's off, she can't. Whereas I'm a lot more forgiving, because I used to watch uh, anime. I mean, I watched a bit of Pokemon and stuff, but I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z, but then... I've watched like other things since then, Fullmetal Alchemist, but also Vampire Hunter D, Fist of the North Star, the more gorier ones generally uh, when I was younger because I had an older brother and he was like, watch this ridiculously cool anime that's got a dude who could slice people with his fingers and you watch people's brains splatter out. And me as like 12-year-old was like, yes, greatest thing ever. Um, but I've always embraced the weird. Like with anime, I think one of the things with anime specifically, I mean, animation does this anyway, but they over-exaggerate uh mannerisms and body movements. Yeah. And as you say, you know, when they get really weird, their face gets all chibi and cute because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like going over the top to show body language. And I think it's yeah, one of the yeah, reasons yeah. why, especially when you are a kid, a lot of animated stuff and anime itself really appeals. Because you know when you watch if you watch a drama for example and two people having a conversation you have to watch quite carefully and know a lot about how people Mm. are to understand the facial expressions and this that and the other Mm -hmm. but with animation and then further anime because they're so exaggerated it's very easy and clear to see how people are feeling in certain scenes so I think it makes it easier as the watcher to connect potentially
1: that's true yeah that's my theory Do you know? What? I'm just going to look at my phone um, because I want to share this really weird anime on Netflix. Yeah, do it. See if I can find it. It's I'm, just super, super weird.
0: I'm always but, happy like, to share weirdness.
1: You might, yeah, <laughs> like it. I see if I can find it. it's like a little boy who's mm. like trying to be like a samurai, and he right. moves into the neighborhood, like this new neighborhood, and he just acts like an adult. It's a sounds weird. I might have to just send it to you later I, and then I might be able to find it
0: that's fine you can I'll put it in the show notes I'll put it along with yeah. the other two I've got written down as well it's not it's, it's easy I mean
1: I have only really watched like two episodes
0: of it so you're going to recommend this to people people are going to watch it <laughs> in episode three it's going to tank people are going to be like this is the worst <laughs> actually, show actually, ever the
1: first one's but, it's, <laughs> but it is the idea of it isn't it it's just such a no, I don't think we would do it I think it's only, I think what's so good about is Japan is they don't really worry about things mm. too much, and they sort of just like do it. and And I think that's why you can you have so many like interesting content because because I'm pretty sure if I pitch that, people are like no, don't do that. Whereas <laughs> in Japan, it's oh my god, that's different. Um, <laughs> it's true, isn't it? So yeah,
0: yeah. I but you never agree. know.
1: Yeah, no. Know, people exactly. could
0: watch me in New and be like, make weird stuff." Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, you've got, I mean, the first episode uh, is obviously of Cornwallis, who is a unicorn who eats clovers and then gets magic powers that he can kind of regrow things, basically create things, regrow things with his magic clover power from his horn. And it's yes. such an off-the-wall thing, but that's not even... <laughs> it's not even the central point of the episode. That's like that's a part of the episode, but that's not even the main through line. So I was watching it, I was like, This is weird, but really cool. And I watched um the following episode, I think it was Narrow Narrow, and he's been like asleep for fifty years. Was yeah, like, he's like, and he looks at the stars yeah. and he's like, How long has it been? And he's like, Oh, I've it's fifty it's been fifty years. Ha, oh, I overslept again and you're like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oversleeping by fifty it's years. Strange. The dream I
1: wish it's annoying. I'm not annoying, sorry. <laughs> Like obviously, we only have so much time to tell a story, so there's so I'm always going into meetings and go, can I have like random stuff definitely probably i I can see now on my list that i'm just just one of weird moments that doesn't really mean anything just to like make ourselves laugh um but my poor team has to take me seriously they're like reading anyone you want him to go under the table and knock the table open things full up like just not part of the story (laughs) just because i think it would be funny um sorry and i'm like it's okay don't take me seriously (laughs) i just get into this mode of writing but they do try very hard. So our, um, my friend, who's who was our uh, storyboard supervisor, it's called Catherine. Um, so she, yeah, she she would try and put it in, and I oh, I appreciate it so much because she's like, right, I'm, I'm listening, I'm gonna try it, and then it's why you get those moments in other episodes where Conwell is rolled into the, sh- the shots and yeah. what, like for no reason, he just does it <laughs> just because I keep saying it. I'm like, would it be nice if he just roll into shot like all the time? um so yeah the manager get get those in so yeah that's no, a
0: lot <laughs> they, they are very funny there's a bit in the episode of cornwallis where it's like um it's a, the react people's reaction faces. and it zooms in and it's like zooms in on millie then lou then cornwallis and then the scarecrow pumpkin head that's obviously just a scarecrow pumpkin head and, then it zooms, <laughs> and it's just i found it was very visually appealing and, and it was very funny even for me as a near 30 yeah watching i think something
1: that's what's so good about it and and that is our goal is it should be a comedy as well rather yeah. than because, you know, you don't want to be like, although obviously it's about, you know, something very meaningful, friendship and including everyone. But, you know, you don't want to be all emotional and sad about it. but It's also like fun, fun as well. So and it's fun to make a friend who's different to you because it's like, for Cornwallis, you know, like how that he he runs through that course. But like to him, that's that's him doing him. You know, that's not him doing a course right, wrong. Uh, but to Lou, that's doing it wrong. But I think that's what's so special about it. It's like to it should just be like, do you? And it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's as good as Lou doing it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Probably well, not when
0: he's saying that. Well, nice. well, Lou, <laughs> well, it's like Lou is the air quote, the, the straight man, in essence. He's kind of by the book. He wants to do everything, yeah. you know, careful. And obviously because he's a cat, that that goes well into what cats are generally like. You know, they're, in air quotes, proper. And they're a bit more, you know, together. Or they like to think they yeah. are. And then you shine a light on them and they go... Bizarre. Um, but <laughs> I love cats, to clarify. Um, but obviously, Millie's a bit more fun and accepting, whereas Lou's a little bit more straight. And then there's not necessarily conflict, but you can see that they both have a slight perspective on things. And especially when they meet Cornwallis, it's like Lou's a bit more apprehensive, and he's a bit like what's this weird creature eating clover and shooting beams out of his horn? While well, Millie's like, oh, cool, there's a weird creature shooting beams out of his horn. Let's go make friends. And then throughout the episode, as it un- unravels, it's Lou learning to accept uh, Cornwallis yeah. and their quirks. And that is something I really did appreciate. And as you said slightly earlier, is it's just that everyone's different. Everyone has a different way of doing things, w- whether it's you're from a different culture or you're just a different person. Different doesn't mean wrong. And I think that's something yeah. that is so important to, in- to instill into not just children, but people in general. But obviously if you start yeah, with a kid,
1: exactly. It's easier. Yeah. It's really yeah, it's really interesting to you say that because that's kind of like
0: yeah, as I was saying it was really
1: the core of it and also like the fact that me and Lou are like that is kind of it's such a very it's kind of based on me me and my husband, not because we're crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not because you're married characters? to a cat Rory's not a yeah, exactly. cat is he because is that why he's not Rory's on for?
1: not <laughs> imagine that um, no. <laughs> no, no no so yeah it's kind of it's how our attitudes begin you know, towards making friends basically because I, I like, like we were saying earlier so I think I, I was sent to England when I was 11 um and yeah basically my parents my parents stayed in hong kong and actually my siblings eventually went back as well so friends are like such a big part of my life is how kind of like how i kind of like like survived really mm-hmm. so whereas revoir has a big family he's got loads of siblings he's got like six five brothers and one sister so like lots of siblings so he kind of like not like he doesn't need any friends his friend's gonna be crying now um no, he's just like because he already had that best friend you know he had already you know six best friends so it's quite you know for him it's not the same same as me I'm like I'm always having my friends I like my family which is Mm -hmm. why in the show you can see why like Millie doesn't not like (laughs) it's gonna sound really bad she doesn't have parents or something um (laughs) but like that's kind of like why yeah she's the one who kind of go around and like be so excited about people and and just
0: going off the trail. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. You are talking about found family, basically, and the importance yeah,
1: of it. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's kind of why the, that's how the show sets up. And whereas, like, with Lou, like, I've already got one best friend. But eventually, you know, Lou does Lou realise there's, you know, there's such value in, like, getting to know people and learn, you know, learn from them. So eventually he does like people. <laughs> like he just wipes them off. <laughs> Actually, I hate them. Um, But yeah, I guess, I guess it's just, it's just live, isn't it? You just don't have, I guess you just almost don't have as much time, right? To like keep in touch Mm. with everyone.
0: Um, And you've got different, like I've got, I've got several friends. I I have got three brothers, but one of them is a brother of mine because my blood brother uh, married someone who's now my sister-in-law and it's her brother. So he's a brother-in-law. And then my two brothers, one of them is 17 years older than me. And the other one's like 20 years older than me. Uh, So they're, their brothers, they're my dad's sons, but they're not my mum's. So my dad was married, had kids, they split up, and then dad got with my mum and then had me. So I never grew up with brothers in the house, but they were a okay. part of my life, but I'd see them occasionally. Uh, when I was in sort of a kid, one of them lived quite far away, and the other one lived closer but couldn't drive. So it was just a little... There's a period of time I didn't see them both as much. Right. Uh, and then as I became an adult, I did. But growing up, I was... Yeah. I had a very similar upbringing to an only child. So more so, mm. well, I didn't have loads of kids and people around me. I had to kind of entertain yeah, yeah. myself. And then I made <laughs> friends from there. And yeah, when yeah. I made those friends, that's what, like, I'm more similar to you in that regard, but I don't have yeah, necessarily. Yeah. Now I'm older and I've got nieces, nephews and things. Yeah, it's yeah, slightly yeah. different, but I, it's found family was yeah. really important for me and spending time with these people. So I completely understand that. And I think it's also, yeah. it's something that I think is really undervalued a lot of the time. You know, there's always people being about, you know, you have to be um, loyal to your family and all this stuff, and it doesn't matter how horrible they are, you have to be. And it's like, no, I-, I think there's. you can be more forgiving with certain members of your family, but if you've got a family member and they're just being awful to you, you don't have to keep them in your life for the sake of it. You know, it's you should, and the same with friends. If you've got a friend who you're seeing all the time, there's, you can keep seeing them as much as you want. It, it's one of those things. It should just be about your own choice. And I think with Millie yeah. and Lou, it really shows, like, just let people do what they do, And spend a lot of time with your friends and kind of try out new things. And when you do that, you often find that these new experiences, even if it's not something you're going to be doing every day, they still Mm. add something to your life.
1: Yeah and yeah, I think
0: that's exactly. the, one of the brilliant amalgamations of the show of it's got heart it is funny as well I don't want to downplay to people listening how it is very funny a very tiny thing that makes me giggle it should it's not even a funny thing you're <laughs> yeah, going to look at yeah. me like why do you? but it's just when Lou whistles and the book kind of flies and flaps it in and <laughs> it. I just think that was so cute and fun I loved it it just made me giggle when I first saw it so yeah, things like that I really flute. like
1: he had a flute um, but we thought so but he also had glasses so we were like <laughs> we were talking to a deer we were like well, you can't have him like get the glasses out. Get the flu out. <laughs> it's just too many things. And <laughs> where's he getting it from? So that's why I changed your whistle. And actually it's a whole funny story. And it's a shame it's not like so. My dad's a really good whistler. So like we want to record him, but he was in Hong Kong on his pandemic. So we yeah, we didn't we didn't get to use it. But he we did use his voice as a demo.
0: Really? So that's
1: nice. So um and also the glasses thing is kind of um uh, is kind of inspired by my dad. So you find I talk about this a lot where a lot of our characters have are based on like mixed like mix of different traits of our friends and family um just because we think it's funny um basically my dad my my dad you know he's a bit of an artist so he does like amazing choreography like really really good choreography where he gives them out to friends chinese new year and stuff Uh, and he used to carve um, walking sticks because he spent most of his life as a policeman and at one point he did a lot of hiking around the borders to kind Mm. of like watch the borders so he they use a little um hiking stick ultimately so he would sculpt like dragons and stuff very wow. Chinese stuff um but then eventually he like got older and uh, his eyes weren't as good so he got like a bit sad about it basically um but eventually he kind of like got got into it a bit because he he started buying really funny glasses to kind of chew himself <laughs> up I think and so I just thought it was really funny so I, I used to go back once a year um at the moment a bit stuck with pandemic but um yeah, I used to go about once a year, and then and then yeah, so one year Tanner, we just have these fun glasses. Um, but you know what? He just thought, you know what? I just have to, you know, you just have to get on. Um, and it's why we we put that on Lou, just because um, I guess it's I guess it's really nice for our family to see a piece of themselves in our work as well because i mean they've been waiting around for a long time for us to do something right so yes that's kind of um why lou has the glasses (laughs) but (laughs) lots of food
0: it's always fun hearing little tidbits of why things happen in shows the way they are and who they're inspired by and like the way the people around you directly and indirectly influence you in in lots of little ways and things yeah and i want to ask sort of with your um Obviously, you said that when you were younger, you liked a lot of anime and animation then kind of came from there. But, you know, what people may not know about you, and I'm going to encourage them to go to your website, um, you know, mandywong.co.uk, link will be in the description, because you've got some <laughs> incredible artwork on there. And I was going to ask, you. the note I've got is... How do you know? How do you name your paintings? Except the Donuticorn, which is (laughs) fairly obvious as to why that's called a Donuticorn. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if you could talk just about your painting. Like, did you used to doodle in school? What kind of made you like sell your art? Because that's quite a your art is amazing and it deserves to be sold. I especially love Legend of Zelda One and the Stranger Things ones. They're incredible. Um, I'll be saving up to buy them at some point. But (laughs) with um, with like, how did it all come about? Really, I'm really intrigued by that
1: yeah i think you know i in my family like um people always draw and stuff but they've not taken the curve because um it's very traditional you know um chinese family they just like don't draw you're gonna you know starve and stuff so <laughs> so but they i think they love it they secretly love it so i think you know when we sit in a restaurant and the back of a receipt or order form thing you know, my my. My uncle would be like trying to draw a cat. Oh, do you know how to draw a cat? Do you know how to draw a tiger? I don't know why it's all tiger cats and stuff. Maybe <laughs> that's why I got some cat <laughs> stuff in my show. And um, so yeah, it was this whole thing. And my dad would like always trying to finish my artwork for school. I don't know why, because like I don't think he needed to. <laughs> he just wanted to. Um, yeah, so they've always like made stuff. So yes, yeah, so I guess naturally I was always drawing, and um, and me and my sister used to like uh, make comics and. And magazines for our toys. So I love, I love plush toys. This is why I make my own plush toys because I've always wanted to design and make them. And um, yeah, so like, yeah, we just made up loads of stories for our characters. For some reason, we want them to get married all the time. Like Tweety has to get married to Garfield. I think it was my, <laughs> my favorite toy and my sister's favorite toy. And so yeah, we used to draw a magazine and we would pin it on our bedroom wall so my dad could read it. I don't know. He doesn't actually read it. I don't know why I so expect him to read it. Uh, so, yeah, I just did a lot of that with my with my sister. And I think eventually I even got my cousin to get involved as well. You know, her little, her her house is like a village. We call it, her hers is like number two village. And we swap these magazines to read. So that's something I did when I was in Hong Kong. But eventually, so I've, I think secretly I always want to be a, like some sort of like designer or do something artistic. Um, I think at first I want to be a manga artist, and then and until I see the back of the manga. Have you ever seen like the picture of the comic artists, the manga mm. artists, where they're just so stressed? I was like, <laughs> probably.
0: It's <laughs> very really much there. a deadline thing, isn't it? It's like you, you have <laughs> yes. to get. That's why so many anime they go off the rails. Like Full Metal <laughs> Alchemist, for example, it's like his Fullmetal Alchemist and his Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Watch Brotherhood because Alchemist overtook the manga coming out and they completely oh apparently messed it up apparently because i've not read oh, i've not watched that one whereas I like see. format of brotherhood it it was they released that after the manga was out so A yeah, the animation yeah. looks a bit better and the audio is a bit better but also it followed the manga so I know there's lots of like I think Attack on Titan did it as well they had to keep like the series was coming out and they had to keep going like sorry no more series for two years and everyone's like why? Like cause the manga is just taking forever so you've got these manga yeah. artists like I can't get out quick enough quick there's pressure on me but obviously you don't want your work to bit get worse so it's <laughs> I yeah. think it would be quite stressful. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. So I think it was that. And then do you know what I think my dad did buy me manga paper, but I always just do like lot the characters and <laughs> just give up. I guess I've always like enjoyed like designing characters. It's probably what I realized actually. That's probably what my main thing is. Um but yeah, so eventually then then suddenly I was sent to Hong Kong, uh, to, to the UK, um where and at that point I actually couldn't speak in English. So I kind of so basically, I, I was thinking about your question the other day, So I think, like really, I think I I really held on to drawing is because it's the the way it's the only way that I can communicate with people, hundred percent. Like mm. it's a universal language. I didn't have to, you know, people didn't have to no know Chinese. I didn't really learn in English, and I think that was why I kind of like. I, it sounds really terrible. It's, it's for survival. it's why I was drawing. Mm. No, um, I think it's it was true, just because. Though. Yeah, I think it's also like it's the only way I can appreciate friendship again like coming back to like the friendship thing is because some people because I couldn't speak English I mean I can't really contribute to like group projects and stuff so but some people were very they they saw that I could draw so they were like well you can do all the pictures so it was this whole thing I think I think it's just that moment of like realizing you know, and that whole thing where people saw so you were different you can't speak the language but there's something you can do um well and I think it's why I kept going with with drawing and I and I I think I started this whole thing is drawing people because I can have these sometimes I, I mean I can't it's a shame I can't remember all their names probably because my English was so basic at the time so I think I just would draw them so I draw I actually started this whole thing where I just draw people alike so, I do little portraits and then at the end of the year, I So, I keep fiddling with this is because I want to hear my own voice. So, I don't speak
0: too <laughs> that's loud. That's completely fine. <laughs> you don't need to apologize <laughs> just like for, for changing. Posing it, the whole time. I, mean, I scratch my nose and it's when and touch my hair all the time. And only when editing my podcast, I'm like, I touch my hair a lot or my beard. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do this quite fine. a lot. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. I'm, listening. I'm, I'm, listening. Head, I'm sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I start. I draw, I just keep, you know, I still do it now. I do it now. I actually do it well, like you were saying about, like, oh, you know, being, you know, having like chosen families on. I think even like when I changed job, massive so halfway through my career, I changed to, visual effects, um, and yeah, I'm like this weird animation person. Now it's more common people do both, um, but at the time I think it was a bit like, oh, what's going on, um, yeah. So I think it was very similar as well. I think I was like this odd person who had toys on my desk. I'm sure everyone does now, but at the time it wasn't, um, yeah. So I think it's. Yes, yeah, like that similar thing, and I and then I, you know, I got into this mode of drawing people at work. So I guess it doesn't really leave you this whole thing you've always done to appreciate. It's, it's to appreciate people's friendship, like thanks for being nice to me. Here's the drawing of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah something I've always done, and then, and you know at uni when I did so much doodles, like one of my friends actually collect collect all my. I think she's got a box of my doodles. She would just come over and just peel it off like without asking because it's a very good friend of mine She just like so all my notes of this corner cut off and um and it's really sweet so i eventually i, I got to speak to one of her friends and her friends. i heard about you i've seen the box of like doodles and <laughs> i'm like jesus she's still got the doodles it's been like 20 years or something um so yeah Sorry, I can't, kind of gone
0: off the, I yeah, don't know, the point <laughs> I can't remember what the question no, was. That's the point of the podcast. That's part of the fun. <laughs> I'm here to keep things on the rails. You can go off on a thousand tangents. It's my job as the host to try and keep things vaguely on the rails. So don't worry but about yeah. it, it's not a problem.
1: But I, mean, I would just basically try and say how drawing is something that, like I, it's, it's one of my language, like mm. apart from English and Chinese, I think drawing has always been a very important language for me that I think. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's why I think it's why I end up end up doing it. I've been very privileged to be able to do a little bit of that. Yeah,
0: really. and and with, I agree completely. And also, one thing I noted down um, when watching your show as well was, um, and I assume this is intentional, that all of the written down language in Millie and Lou is mm. not any real language. It, it's like weird things yeah. and swirls and weird shapes and things. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I bet they've done that because then. A audio wise, you can dub different actors on, on it without having mm-hmm, to change things, mm-hmm. but also anyone who either can't read or can't read that language doesn't feel like they're losing anything. It's more about. Yeah, exactly. Just, there is it's writing on this page, out. but it doesn't matter what the writing actually is. That's not important. It's just you can yeah. see there's writing in a picture. So I, I noticed that part and I, I wonder, like linking in with what you've been saying there, I think that that's a really important thing where you don't need the words to make the visuals work.
1: Yeah, and also it's that, it's the idea that I think um, if kids doesn't can't you know can't read English or whatever, then they don't feel like they're missing out. Yeah, you know they don't feel like they're not part of the gang. So yeah. <laughs> I think it really
0: works. Yeah, I completely agree. And so I wanted to ask with your paintings and things. I mean, is it hearing about you? Oh, yeah. You were asking
1: about my paintings. That's 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 what it
0: was. It's part of the fun. (laughs) part of the fun dotting around here. Um, But one of the things you mentioned, I'm going to show you. Megan actually, um, Megan is a much better artist than I am. I'm good at graphic design. I'm not very good at drawing and things. My hands just don't seem to work how I want them to. But for my birthday, she made me comics out of photos from us. Oh, my God. So she made, like, little... She made them at school because she works... She's a teacher. So she made, like, little things like that with photos (laughs) of us. With little sound bubbles and things. And I just thought... And I've got them on my desk that I can always um she got me, she made me two of them uh, that one's about how we got our tortoise wicket so you should be able to see her in a little oh it's
1: like a moment as well it's like like a story
0: yeah exactly so and the other one is how we met which is um you oh.
1: know where
0: it, it says where it all began so says uh her surname is gritty it says gritty productions issue number one and this was issue oh. number two so she made these really cute things and i've got them um as well as a few photos and things i've got is them it on like my desk
1: you got one per month while you like guys <laughs> together
0: no, Wait, I, not, not quite. you
1: expecting more? <laughs> <laughs> more
0: she, It took her ages to make those because she was just using a school printer and things and doesn't have the same okay. graphic design capabilities that I have. But she made uh, both of them for me for it was either last Christmas or my last birthday. So it's in the last couple of years and I absolutely loved them. And she was like, she was like, I was going to try and make you more, but they took ages. And I was like, you don't have to worry. It's no pressure. And whenever she makes <laughs> yeah, me a yeah, birthday yeah. card, she draws them as well and makes little doodles oh, on those things as well. So I really, yeah, yeah. you know, and that thing, whenever I look at it, it just makes me smile, you know, and we're little yeah. gestures like that. So the visual element of things I, I completely get.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, no drawing in cards. That's something I've always done. Um, but eventually People got a bit sad. my auntie Like when they opened They almost expectation And then I got Really busy at uni So I'll just send a card And then they'll be like It's just a shame That you don't have Time to draw <laughs> It was actually Just disappointed When I don't do it So it's a little bit Of a pressure And then like Sometimes like I don't know I shouldn't I shouldn't be so confident Just use a marker But like I do And then it's <laughs> terrible And then I just draw The person That I'm trying to draw And then just do A whole writing And just be like Sorry this is really bad <laughs> like, it's <laughs> often what happens now um but yeah it's the whole thing and and i like to think that i've inspired my in-laws brothers to do it you know i think i was the first one and now they all do it <laughs> just, just i need that credit
0: <laughs> we've got it now in recording mandy was the first one in her family to start doodling in cards okay i'm here they're much better than me though they're much, <laughs> they're,
1: much, they're much they're really funny so i'm
0: not as funny <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe maybe you'll be able to evolve into that thing because i mean some of your paintings on your website like they're, you've got obviously you've got the Legend of Zelda inspired ones and the Stranger Things inspired one, but you've got yeah. quite a lot of like originals and they're <laughs> they're kind of like how I imagine you see the world in some ways because you <laughs> love horror but you also have cute things so it's this amalgamation of like almost like chibi gore is almost how yeah. one would describe it and I, I love that style and I just yeah, want yeah. to ask like with the paintings was that something obviously because minnie and Lou's quite a, a newish part of your life you know you've been yeah, in yeah, the world yeah. of animation so <laughs> Did you start your website to sell those paintings initially, or how did that kind of come about? Selling paintings.
1: Yeah, so basically, like, I think selling your selling art, your own art, is like the dream, right? So, yeah. like we all want to do it. Um, I only make enough to cover that, but it's a passion, it's a whole passion project, really. Um, so I guess it's just something that I want to do for myself, and I think for my career. Even though, like you know, I've been you know I've enjoyed my career, but part of it, I kind of felt like I had to do, I had to like. I had to make sure I earn enough because my, my, my parents, they, you know, they, they gave a quite a lot of their salary to like send me and my siblings abroad. So I think, you know, I have to be a success really, like otherwise I feel like I owe it to them. So I think I just found myself, I think uh, at the point I was doing those painting stuff, um, you know, take kind of taking art more seriously. Uh, I've already been working for 10 years and I think I just found, I just like got to a point where I just felt like, Oh, I'm really stressed. And, and I kind of just realized I didn't really do anything just for me just like me, if like, it wasn't because of my parents, if it wasn't because of certain people expecting you to success, like succeed. And I think when I say success for you know, for my culture, it's to make lots of money and it isn't really to sell art. um art. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I think I just decided like I want to give it a go. And I think at the time people were making loads of screen prints. so I started collecting them myself. So I thought it would be really fun to just do a course. So I just, yeah, decided to take a few months off just for myself like so in my career I took like f- four months off to do a screen printing course and I think people yeah people really liked it so like in the shoot I was printing and stuff so it was really nice and then eventually I found um ELP East London Printmakers and they're very much like they're very happy to include anyone's star and stuff and I saw them at the London Illustration Fair and I thought well, maybe I can like see if I can help. how how do I make friends with these nice people and they were very nice so they and yeah, they, they just did court. They did, they, they, even now, like now, they do annually, they do um, exhibition. And I think they were just like, you should sell these. And then, um, to be honest, I just thought it's fun to try it. Um, I didn't really think anyone was going to buy it. Um, and then people did. So I was like, oh my God, this is <laughs> weird. You know, people actually want to pay money for this. Um, so yeah, so I kind of just carried on until the pandemic. And then, you know, everything stopped during the pandemic. So I kind of stopped a bit. Um, but I'm hoping that I will make one more this year um so I'm currently on another world break so that's one of the, one of the things I want to try and uh, want to want to do do another piece because the pieces that you saw which are original it's kind of like a series it's a series of kind of like my journey from the point I came to the UK and kind of like kind of evolving as a as an adult and like um the last piece I did I think I think it was celebration dance. <laughs> I love how I was like I have to remember my own uh, the naming of this stuff. Yeah, so that naming is kind of more, and like, yeah, you were sorry, you were asking about how I named the stuff. It's it's kind of like all the stuff is, you know, it's deep stuff, but I always think it's too, you know, it's the whole thing. I don't like to get too, um, you know, emotional about things because, you know, everything, you know, there's always happy and there's always, you know, sad and emotional. So I think I just always like kind of like a bit of comedy in it. So I want to basically make myself laugh which is why celebration dance kind of came from like uh, actually my brother-in-law he just does this like dance thing when he comes into the room he would just like the city dance just to kind of like cheer you up or something so I think it came from him to be honest it came from like he started doing it and I think I started doing it a little bit so I just always think of celebration dance and and this didn't get into the show but I thought it was really cool when the show ends. Really does the celebration dance. <laughs> everyone else is like, no, because you're gonna take up time for no reason <laughs> once again. So I actually drew uh, the dance moves in the pitch bible, but um, yeah, didn't didn't get it. Um, so yeah, I think celebration dance always been <laughs> in my head. So again, it's like a it's a silly thing, but I kind of like it's kind of how I always mix things. It's like I guess it's like full life, right? You, you have sad stuff like i mean it was sad to like have to leave my family to come in but like i wouldn't have i wouldn't be doing this if if my parents didn't you know didn't do that whole thing and it was really half of them but i think they just they just knew there would be more opportunity if i if i didn't didn't, didn't stay in hong kong because it's just so competitive you know you get a class for 45 children whereas here you'd be like 15 or 20 you know i mean the attention mm-hmm. you can give to each child is just so much more here uh and the education in uk is all about um getting you to be who you want to be rather than mm. trying to fit into a system basically and mm. when you fall out of a system it's really hard to kind of get back in whereas um yeah here's yeah couldn't couldn't um, be happy. and i think yeah. so yeah the prince is all all kind of about my journey how i kind of i don't like to use the word survive because it sounds a bit like i was you know i wasn't like suffering <laughs> just you know how i you know how i how i've been i guess how
0: you express yourself is what is coming off this like you express yourself in your art and you know you in millie and lou you express yourself in those ways as well obviously that's more of a collaborative project but the paintings and things is you literally just blank canvas you can draw anything you want it can mean whatever you want you know and i'm sure when a lot of people see them at the exhibitions or when they buy them they Mm -hmm. interpret your paintings differently to how you were thinking yeah. about them when you do it but that doesn't lessen yours or their interpretations of those things it, it's one of the beauties of art and the visual medium is you can come across the same general message but people can interpret the, uh, the independent details sort of in their own way and I want to yeah. ask with, uh, with your paintings and things do you prefer to do things digitally do you prefer like pen yeah. on paper like what's your kind of what do you like to do when you actually create a painting
1: do you know I've, I've, I've definitely like paper because I think So, so you know, do I as well, I've a kid, got my notebook <laughs> But like as a kid You know I don't know There's just something nice about I mean look Like don't take me to an art shop You know what I mean <laughs> Just buy all the pens I do not need um, <laughs> It's just something nice About having physical Stuff in front of you And I, like, I mean the, 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 the favourite thing I like is brush uh, br- Like I mean I, I use actual brush And I also use Like scientific brush Just because of how like Just how nice it feels Really Nice on and flowy yeah exactly and just as much more like organic and less sort of rigid so I kind of that's like my whole vein I think it's probably due to the laziness as well because like you know what I mean it's just it's just a lot of effort to make stuff unique so over time that's my style um it, it's really and actually that's definitely true where the first show I was trying to make my friend so my friend loves neat artwork because he he loves um what's the word tango I think and the artwork is like really neat. Like, like the outline is very perfect and stuff. So he was spent ages finessing it. He would like redraw all my stuff because he thinks it was too, he it was too scruffy. Probably was scruffy. You know that was years ago. Not you know. <laughs> um, just to point out that my friend isn't like crazy. Um. Yeah. So like, and I was like, oh my god, I can't. I can't. Why are you doing this? Because to me, it's like the story is there, the meanings are there, the characters are there. It doesn't have to be super crazy. Like I just I just I just thought, yeah, that's that's not where I should spend my time. I'd rather spend my time making more things, making yeah, creating more rather than finessing. Um, however I do love digital painting because I mean, come on, you've got all the colours in front of you. You don't have to mix you don't have to clean. <laughs> you can just sit on the sofa and you can do it. I mean it's, it's magic really, isn't mm. it? So so yeah, so I do like I also do every now and then I'll get into like hours of like digital painting. Um, because it's just yeah it's just incredible what you can do you know you can do lighting so easily whereas you know traditionally you probably have to do a color study I mean you do it in digital as well but it's just much quicker right you can just just really quickly and it's just less paper like I remember the first piece I did I did obviously I did it all on paper so it's just the amount of like redo fixing and then scanning and then cleaning so it's a lot a lot a lot of process to it Um, because eventually they get turned into screen print so I do have to get it get it scanned and get it like um prepared for you know to make all the all the uh, all the negatives (laughs) I hope that's right um yeah so yeah so yeah I I like paper for like sketching and first Mm -hmm. ideas but I think you can't beat digital and I think if you if anyone was doing as a career I think I mean it's just people would expect to work digitally now anyway so I think it would be quite a so I think our flight necessity <laughs> would, like, have to do it. Um, but, yeah, no, I do kind – of, yeah, I like both, really. But um, in terms of colourful paintings, I think probably digital just because it's – yeah, just it's convenient. Mm-hmm. It sounds really lazy as an artist now just because, oh, you know,
0: because it's easy, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense though. It's, it's like with typing, you know, I, I find like I, whenever I do any of my notes for uh, this show, or any of the other ones, like I'll show you something. Some of my listeners have seen this before I've, and they look in horror. So my notes obviously here that I've shown you, this is, you know, the mm. questions I've been asking you and things like that that obviously I sent you beforehand. But I've got my other show, Star Wars Comics and Canon. I go through Star Wars Comics. So look how tiny I write. Oh, and it's ooh, all annotated. Wow, so it's all different colours and things. And I put little notes. And what I like about on paper is the freedom. Yeah. Even when you've got yeah. a software that allows you to do in air quotes yeah, everything with yeah, 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 yeah. the pen, I can literally go over every letter E. I can underline things. Yeah. I can do. I can write in a different color, just completely a diagonal angle over everything, and it's fine. And when I'm writing notes with things or I'm, I'm trying to do stuff yeah. for, for my own mind, written is better for me because I I'll write a sentence and I'll be like, no, I want to change that bit, and the, but I don't want to change it in a way of remove that word and put a new one in. I want to tweak lots of different things. And yeah. the way my mind works is. It's almost I've, I've described the inside of my brain as like a million sticky notes. There's just post-it notes <laughs> everywhere about everything. So I just walk into a room and I've got random trivia facts about certain things because you're just pulling like post-it notes off the wall about animals. Yeah, there's yeah. more behind it. But when I'm, you know, speaking to someone, when I'm, if I want to convey a lot of text or obviously email and things like that, yeah, it is cleaner. It is neater when you know exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. what you're doing digital is fine but when I feel like experimenting and trying to figure out kind of what you're doing I think paper's better for me.
1: Yeah definitely I also like the idea that um this you're always moving things around say like if I was on my Cinti for my career then you're moving windows around and it Mm. feels very sort of structured it feels very structured so you don't feel you feel like you're working and I feel like when you're at the beginning of creating something I think you can't feel like you're working. You have to like, I often, what I do, if I was doing the screen print, I actually would clear my whole table. I get. I have quite a big wooden table type situation. And I would get all my references. I kind of like to, not like working in mess, but I like all the stuff laid out. Mm. Like I might have a stand of a book and I have all my images everywhere. I just, I just like to see it. I don't, for some reason, I'm not even looking, I'm pretty sure I'm not looking at most of them. <laughs> I almost feel like I have to be in it mm. <laughs> to like, get the ideas out or something but that's kind of how I usually do and then I just would just draw anything really like that comes to mind while I'm I'm in this nest of the stuff that I'm trying to create like say for for like um well I like I'm working I want to work on a new piece so it's kind of going to be floral so I imagine I would just have lots of flowers that I that probably fits the meaning I'm trying to express and um and I like and I would probably just, yeah, scatter them. Probably have actual flowers, too, on my table and just be there. And I think that's probably just come from, like, when I was little, I shared with my sister. So we didn't really have a big table. So I would just work on my bed, or uh, on the floor. Like So I think i just so used to being in that, almost that pose, as well. I probably put my legs on, the, on my chair. I, I almost feel like you have to kind of, like, be in that most sort of organic situation, I think, to create. I don't think you can, like be very neat i mean i'm sure people do it um mm. it's probably why people are very that people probably get all the layers correct and everything in photoshop whereas <laughs> i'm just like i'll try <laughs> I'll just constantly just break the rules and terrible um oh, yeah. i think you have to have a flow i think I, the flow has been natural rather than and i think digital makes it feel too machinery yeah like,
0: Yeah, and it's also like the way – as I said, I'm not an artist by any stretch, but I I do graphic design because I said before Mm. I do logos and things, all the genuine chit-chat, social media stuff, all that I I do the artwork for. And a few friends of mine, I've done uh, logos for them as well. But for me, I'm always like, if someone comes to me and they say, here's a podcast, I'd love you to make some artwork for it, Um, it's called blah, 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 uh, go. I'm like, um, I don't know. But all I need is like one tiny stem of an idea. And then all I do is I just – kind of throw things into into Photoshop of what looks bad. That's why I start. I go, okay, they want these five things in there and these three colours. Let's just jumble it around, see how it looks. And then, okay, that looks awful. So does that. Right? But that bit doesn't look too bad. And I tweak and tweak and tweak. And eventually it's almost a process of elimination of what not to do. And that's how I kind oh, of make my
1: artwork. Oh, interesting.
0: So, but obviously I don't, that's from a graphic design point of view. And that's <laughs> normally, you know, I don't create like the, some of the, things I use necessarily I use royalty free images or they the people who want me to do stuff they've already got something created things like that and obviously a lot of it's text based when it's logos and things but it's kind of even I've done I've dabbled very much in, in drawing and a few bits and pieces but it's always like the first time my pen goes to paper and starts to doodle something it is terrible because it's and then I look at that and go that's awful because of x y z well now when I start the next one I know what not to do so I thought even yeah. in another world if I was an artist I'd use paper to draw and make all the errors and then I think I'd go to digital on the final product cuz I kind yeah. of know what I'm doing a bit more yeah yeah okay. digital's not as uh, it, you can in theory do more because you could like undo you can press just the undo button yeah. and just but i do feel it is as you say kind of less flowy it feels more mechanical yeah. and very rigid i think it's very much i
1: think when you can undo you're not as thoughtful with mm. your drawing really because you're just you know you can redo really it so you're not even memorizing it where sometimes like you were saying you, you've got all your sketches out it's there you haven't undone any of it and sometimes actually you come back to it actually it's pretty good yeah. But in the moment, because you're expecting yourself to be like amazing, and then you're not, and then, but like yeah, there's three, I think that's that's really good. And I think I wasn't saying the first sketches I did are good as <laughs> well. I mean, they're just like ideas, like you said, they're just your ideas, your first ideas, your your you know version ten or whatever. And yeah, like I was saying, it's just good to keep all of those versions rather than when you undo and undo it, undo, it. you actually lost all the thoughts you have actually in
0: digital. Mm.
1: So, I would, yeah, sketching is always paper.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, it's the way to go.
1: But I, I envy people who sketch digital a welder. I'm like, they're, they're using it like actual paper. I wish I've, I've got that skill, but I don't know. Just, yeah, I'm thinking to undo. Maybe maybe I should change the preference. You can't undo, <laughs>
0: <laughs> block it.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, but with drawings, I do, you do lose them. That's the problem. Mm. Like I probably start drawing, I probably like on my, like, you know, your notepad, I probably start drawing already, like notes and then drawing and drawing and been, I remember there's really good drawing in random notebook, that I don't, you know what I mean, so it's a bit annoying.
0: So. I can imagine. <laughs> but, then, but then sometimes people can save a really cool image somewhere on your computer and you're like i have no idea what i called it that i do where i put it
1: probably it's in just- my download folder <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, somewhere all <laughs> hmm, these three thousand jpegs that are all called gobbledygook names let's figure out which ones of those it could be um but i want to ask um, so as we get towards the end here and we start to wrap up i want to ask of um it's quite a, a big open sort of question so I'll answer it however much or as little as you wish to but sort of yeah your future in air quotes hopes and dreams because obviously you said that um the journey of Midian lu has come to an end at least for the time being so do you anything you could talk about because you may have things in the background you're not allowed to talk about and that's fine but are there any things that either projects you are starting that you can talk about or just even paintings you want to do in the future just kind of what is the future for mandy wong
1: yeah. So like, um, at the moment I'm, already, I'm on a work break already. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm basically not working for, um, for, for a company. Um, it's just working for myself again. So yeah, definitely the idea is to use this time to like reset, yeah. <laughs> take a break from making the show Definitely, and uh, also to make, hopefully make more show pictures. So um, me and my husband are constantly like writing new stuff. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to like put more pictures together um, probably explore different different age groups because we want to tell sort of deeper stories because I think Minlu probably have the mileage to tell a lot of stories in in that age group already. So we feel like let's do something for like more grown up, Uh and especially like the whole cute and horror thing is that it's kind of really like although I do love horror movies myself, but like the you know like the gory is I'm like no I'm not such a gory fan. Like I'm for like more ghosts and stuff because I because I almost like folklore stories to me mm. uh, so it's kind of me and my husband really so he's a huge love exploding head stuff, uh so <laughs> it's kind of why we've always worked together because i think there's such um beauty about it because it's like gremlin i think <laughs> that it's me and me and my like he's huge huge Gremlin fans but i've always liked it too but that it's got both Right, oh, yeah. so that's probably why you know because we're from that genre, throng- like that time. So we both love stuff like that. So yeah, so we're gonna make stuff for older um, audience, and and we obviously hope to make more Millie Lou, mm-hmm. um because you know it's probably the best thing we've done. Um, <laughs> hopefully, people will want to make more of us. Um, yeah, so um, we need to start thinking about yeah, what would season two be really. Mm-hmm. Um, how different uh, would it be, and and um, and some of the ca- and some of the characters we wanted to make we never it's not in season two because obviously we only have fifteen we have to be very careful of like who we pick so a lot of the characters and a lot of the environments that we want to explore like I I want an autumn episode but you know falling leaves probably too expensive mm. uh, I want a snowy episode again probably too expensive uh, I want an underwater maybe
0: episode. that could be the season. All of these- each season could exactly. almost be a season, not literal season. Yeah, so season one could be like, spring or summer and then season two yeah. could be autumn, then winter. That could work.
1: Yeah, it could be, it could be. And then, um, yeah, so I want to like use all the characters that we didn't get to play with um, and meet. So we're doing all that. Uh, and for my personal work, I think, yeah, definitely want to finish this series. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how many I can do just because of the space it takes um, in my house and I only live in like a flat. So, uh, yeah, over time, it's just growing too big and I need to reduce it a little bit. So that's that's the only reason that I couldn't. I don't think I can carry on doing it. And also, it's just really far away I print.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: It takes me like almost two hours to get there. Um, but before I worked in London, so I could go after work and now it's all remote. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just not really, um, yeah, it's just a bit difficult in terms of logistic, really. Um, but I think there's just something so nice about the real piece of art.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so hopefully make, get one more piece out um and yeah like get um probably put do do more of that stuff but not screen print which is sad because it's a real piece of art um but yeah do more of that and then maybe probably make toys because i've i've made only Lou. i need to mm-hmm. make millie so that's for fun <laughs> just
0: like I, used to... I
1: actually started making wallets, but never finished
0: huh wow that's incredible I mean, it's like, I I used to, I mean, I still do like cuddly toys. I mean, I don't think I've got any in this. I've got one all the way over there. Uh, But I, I like cuddly toys. But when I was younger, when I was a kid, so when I was like eight or so, from the age of like eight to sort of 14, I had so many cuddly toys. I had beanie babies and whenever I'd go on holiday anywhere or in, in the UK just a new place I'd buy a new one, go to a new oh. zoo, buy a new one. I had like oh, yes. I, when I got rid of them when I became you know more of a teenager and then I started socializing and things more. I had this um it was almost like a hammock at the end of my bed at the foot of my bed. It was just this net and it was just filled with cuddly toys and beanie babies and all kinds of stuff and I had to when I moved out mum was like you you are not going to want two or three bin bags full of cuddly toys. You probably need to get rid of some of them, give them to charity or things like that. Yeah. Um, so I've kept a few. I've got I've, I've got like three or four still in the house. But I, I love cuddly toys as well and plushes. I used Aww. to love thing called ugly dolls. Are, uh, yeah actually
1: those oh yeah.
0: I don't know oh I have one. Oh, okay. do you because oh, I've got oh, cute because i got Kinko C-I-N-K-O I think uh, is a grey one with like three eyes but one of the eyes was missing and tentacles so I, I love oh. ugly cute I love that thing and I used to love yeah. cutting toys so I'm sure if you made and them like, even more
1: and it was Happy Tree Friends though, when I was uni mm, yes I remember, I remember that, that. yeah so that was a whole thing so I guess yeah <laughs> he, you know, I think it's such an irony about it, isn't it? Like, Remnant is like, it's so cute, but it might bite you. Like, yeah, I just think it's so funny. Like, the idea of that, it's just like, yeah, I guess it's just, uh, yeah. Well, you well, know ha- what I mean? Like, I, I think it's it's the whole thing about like sad things, and then it's like, it's so funny. It's, but, like, not funny, but you know what I mean? Sometimes you, you do talk about the s- things that happen to you that are actually really sad and not good, but you laugh about it. Yeah. It's kind of that idea.
0: I do that. Yeah. But, like I'm- I said it better. but i mean i know exactly what you mean you know it's it's a thing that you know all cultures do it in different ways but i know that british people where our humor is quite dry but the whole thing is like everything's a bit rubbish but let's just make jokes about it all that'd be really sarcastic and that's just and it kind of makes things better that's why all our comedians all are very dry humor and a lot of it is Talk about know, social commentary, and it's kind of there's so many personas of comedians in Britain who just seem depressed, and they're not depressed necessarily, <laughs> but their humor comes from seeming depressed, and that's kind of the little yeah. in joke in Britain. So, I completely yeah, 100% true. agree,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, well, we'll wrap up here then I mean you've been very very gracious with your time and I hugely appreciate you coming on the show and talking about you know, Millie and Lou and your paintings and everything like that obviously I'll make sure people check out the links in the description especially mandywong.co.uk even if you've got no money just check out some of the art there because it's incredible you can just scroll through all of it it's so amazing I, I love it um, and obviously Millie and Lou although the general uh, age group is meant to be for preschoolers and young kids it is still something that's really fun if you have kids of any age show them the show it's no excuse not to it's on YouTube and i'll put a link in the description but it is a really fun easy to watch show even as an adult which i really like you know it's it's a lot of fun so that's kind of what you want you want to bring fun and wonder in and i'd love to see what you do next so is there any sort of final things you want to say uh, to the audience of any kind before we finish this call
1: Thanks very much for listening me, rambling on. <laughs> whether any oh, of it so. was like <laughs> interesting to listen to. Well, it was but, yeah, all interesting and all yeah. very
0: coherent, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for
1: having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was
0: really fun. No problem at all. And yeah, people, check out uh, mandywong.co.uk. It's the best place to uh, keep up to date with all of Mandy's goings on. And hopefully in a few months' time will be more artwork. No pressure, but, uh, you know, we're hoping. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. thanks very much. Thank <laughs> no you. No problem.
0: And that's the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. As always, my friends, check out the show notes for a link to Mandy Wong's website where you get to see some of her incredible art prints, as well as make sure you check out million and Lou, especially if you have any little ones. But it is actually a really fun show to check out, even as an adult. And make sure you follow Mandy Wong on Instagram at it's Mandy Wong. You get to see some of her artwork and things and a bit more about her life. And I'm sure she would appreciate it. And obviously, if you enjoyed this conversation, make sure you message her and let her know. So what else have we got coming up and things? Well, I will say that the last week's episode with Mary Kenny, I would hugely recommend people check that out if you enjoyed this conversation. So Mary Kenny is a senior writer at Insomniac Games. She wrote part of Spider-Man Miles Morales. She's writing the upcoming The Wolverine game. She's written a book called Gamer Girls. So if you enjoyed this conversation, then it's fairly likely you're going to enjoy the conversation I had with Mary Kenny. But going forward, I've got two conversations due to be recorded in the next couple weeks. One of them is a writer who's a friend of Tony Farina, who any friends of the show or comics and motion will know who Tony Farina is. And the other individual is someone who practices Buddhism, as well as many other things, but the Buddhism is kind of the jumping off point because it's a religion that I'm very intrigued by. So they're the kind of things I'm going to be talking about over the next couple weeks. I have got other things in the pipeline, as I always do, and I appreciate all of yourselves' patience over the last couple weeks where my life has been just incredibly busy and I haven't always been able to get 100% of what I wanted out at the right time but we seem to be on track again Uh, make sure you follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat please make sure you rate and review and share on social media and things it really makes a big difference to the show if you can go on Good Pods or Apple Podcasts or even just Spotify you don't even need to write anything you just need to give it a star review out of 5 obviously you have to have listened to an episode before you do that but If you could do that, if anyone's listening who hasn't done that and you did enjoy this episode, it would be massively helpful if people could do that, just do a big push, especially all at once, and then it it boosts it quite a lot more, and then more and more people can find the show. Um, But yeah, please share on social media with your friends, please tell your friends about it, any of the episodes and whatnot. Also, feel free to contact me, you can find out information about other episodes, if you want some recommendations and things. But also check out the YouTube channel, I said in the intro there's going to be a video version of this uploaded very soon, but in addition to that all of my conversations are in playlists, so if you want to just hit every conversation I've had about say religion or every conversation i've had about science things like that they're all in sort of genre playlists and recently a vast majority of the conversations have had video as well so that's an extra reason to tune in plus on my youtube there is all of my episodes of star wars comics and canon so it's my other show on the feed of comics in motion and if you like star wars in any capacity at all you are certain to enjoy that you don't need to have picked up a star wars comic in your life to enjoy the show that's specifically how i crafted the episode In addition to that, I've got a few guest spots coming out over the coming weeks. Back to the filmography, Femme on film. uh, So I'll put links in the description of those when they are out. But I recently was on Spider-Dan and The Secret Boars and I spoke about Carnage. So we spoke about the Maximum Carnage and the Absolute Carnage crossover events in comics, as well as how they compare to the Venom Let There Be Carnage movie. So if you're interested by Carnage in any way or Spider-Man, anything like that, please check out that conversation. A link is in the description there as well. And last of all, make sure you check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash chat. You get an episode of Afterthoughts every week, sometimes it's styles book reviews that I don't release anywhere else, but most of the time it's myself and Megan having banter. You get to see what it's like, mine and Megan's relationship behind the curtain, as it were, but we talk about movies we've seen, TV series when we go on road trips, see live performances, all kinds of things. We recently saw the Bake Off musical, uh, which was surprisingly brilliant, actually, uh, so we're going to be talking about that very soon as well. we finished Stranger Things recently, we'll talk about that, and we we'll also Doing a tom hanks watch so making our way through the majority of the tom hanks movies and we recently just released the forrest gump episode and so next up i think is apollo 13 toy story and then that thing that you do so we haven't seen all these movies before we've seen a few of them but it's a really fun rewatch. and uh, you get an episode of that every week and when a Patreon episode drops on this feed or when part two of a two-parter drops on this feed Patrons get a bonus episode on top of that as well plus I've been uploading some puppy photos on there and a puppy video and a few things that you can't find on social media too so if you want to support the show for us let us one pound a month get additional access to basically my life uh, in addition to an audio feed that you can't get anywhere else with hours and hours of additional content I think there's 103 episodes of Afterthoughts on there right now, varying between 7 minutes and 45 minutes. So, hours of content. If you can't get enough of my voice, or if you just want to hear from Megan, which is perfectly fine, please consider going to patreon.com slash genuinechitchat. And if you're unsure, there is a link in the description to our first Tom Hanks Watch episode, completely for free. So, you can click that, see how you like it, and if you enjoy it, please consider supporting the show. But that's enough from me, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way to the very end. Of this rambling nonsense, and I will be speaking to yourselves next week, likely with the individual who's going to take me through Buddhism.
1: You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars comics and canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.